which he just made up. You know, they they ask about it later. They're just words, right? He's he was yep. he penciled it into his speech. He's going to say, "We're going to do whatever it takes." And those words were then picked up by um, you know Sarkozy in France and Merkel in Germany. And the next day, they were saying, "Yeah, whatever it takes, whatever it takes." Build back better. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. So you see, and, and they're just words. And I was looking. I was like, "Well, these are just words," but. We're living in a world today where the words get picked up, they get amplified, and you have people who want to believe. And so the words are enough. Yeah. The words are enough. I say that was the moment that really kind of kicked me in the teeth. I said, okay, I got to step back and understand better, or I've got to understand how this is really happening, how how the, the process of this works, about how words can move markets. So. Frankly, Kane is not just markets; it's politics. Mm-hmm. Is 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 every aspect of our lives today? I think are more and more driven by the stories that we call them in game theory missionaries. Right? Mm-hmm. It's a famous person who gets, you know, behind a microphone or in front of a camera, and they shake their finger at you and they tell you how to think about the world. They tell you a story. The opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the opinion of Arcos Global Advisors or its advisors. The mention of different asset types or securities do not constitute a recommendation for our clients. If you have any questions about the content of this podcast, please contact your advisor. In this episode of Navigating Bitcoin's Noise, I'm joined by Ben Hunt, founder of Epsilon Theory. In our discussion, we cover two of Ben's articles in praise of Bitcoin and the MacGuffin. Ben shares his unique views on Bitcoin TM and the broader crypto ecosystem. We discuss his approach to the world and how he's able to navigate the many narratives that dictate cycles in today's economy and markets. We also discuss the numerous profiteering games Wall Street enjoys playing and how the value and solution may lie within individuals themselves. If you're looking to better understand Bitcoin's past and its future potential, as an economic network, then join us and listen. And flow is an important point because if you look at any financial system going back hundreds of thousands of years, and you've got this sound money now, historically, it's always gold. Now yeah. we have this digital sound money, Bitcoin yep. that acts like gold. But a sound money alone, there's not enough of it. It can't move fast enough. You can't break it off and to create commerce. So sound money, while it's the foundation, you have to have some form of leverage and securitization to exactly allow, right. you know, because an asset that doesn't move with no volatility is not an asset. But right. it's it's when you let the human subjectivity and control and and uh, gaming of the system it is what breaks it down. And we kind of repetitively every couple hundred years have to have a new collateral come along to sop up that access. I, I, I think that's such an important part point. Because I, the truth is, if we didn't have fiat currency, if we didn't have the ability to securitize things and to apply leverage to things, our standard of living today would be like, I don't know, 1870s. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I, and I'm so not joking about that. That would be our standard of living today. Our yeah. standard of living would be dropped back 130 years. Easily. So in- and, and interestingly, Easily. on that piece, uh, and I forgot where I read it, I literally just said this today or, or yesterday, um, but when you look, when you dive in deep down into the most innovative periods in history, mm-hmm. they were based on sound money, 
less leverage. While while we sit here and we think, oh, life is so much better, but really underneath the surface is worse because we have all this credit and all these booms and busts. But when you're dealing in sound money, it's more productive because you don't just take on risk for the sake of taking on risk because it doesn't, it doesn't compute. It just doesn't make sense. So you spend time building and innovating with the resources you have rather than taking on debt to just you know spend your time doing something. I, I think you've hit on the tragedy of the last decade, which is that money has been so cheap. Mm-hmm. Leverage has been so tsunami-like, right? That, that, that you know, the, the financialization of the world, that, that the growth of balance sheets and central banks buying everything. And so putting money, trillions of dollars into the, into the I'll call it the economy, or, you know, the, the trillions that, that, that came out of like the PPP program, where mm-hmm. so much money was given to so many companies that didn't need the money. Right. Over uh, the people who did. Over the people who did, at first, for, for, for sure. And then a lot of money was given to people who didn't need the money over the people who did. Mm-hmm. Right? So it just, it just compounded itself. And so what then happens is that corporations, managers, they're rational people. They say, well, why would I take a risk? And whenever you build a factory or you open a new, you do something real in the economy, that's a risk. It's a real risk. Right? Mm-hmm. Why should I do that when I can borrow money at nothing and use it to buy back my stock, right? Or use it to, you know, acquire this company or use it to, you know, acquire a company that's not growing, right? But, you know, but just adds to my revenues, let's say, profitless growth. Why wouldn't I do that? <laughs> right? So what we've seen in this country, and this is the real the really damning part, in my view, of, of the monetary policy over the last 12 years is that our productivity has been, it's been the worst 12-year stretch for productivity in the history of the United States. In the history of the United States. You, your Candy Crush score that you get on your iPad, just by the way, is not productivity. It may be getting <laughs> higher and you may be getting better, but it's not productive to mankind. It's not. It's not. And and look, at some point, and that seems to kind of be happening now, you know, a hard rain is going to fall. Mm-hmm. As you said, these are booms and busts, and there's 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 always a uh, there's always a price you got to pay the piper. And I think that's what a lot of us are trying to figure out now. And, and I want to hit on that. There was, and I'll read this. So sometimes I read uh, directly, but I'll quote um, from the uh, praise in Bitcoin. Um, you said it's a little bit long, so bear with me for a second because a couple of questions off of it. Uh, we don't have to tell a story of price. We don't have to tell a story of apocalypse. We don't have to scold or to educate. We can tell an old story of autonomy of mind, generosity of spirit within the new context of Bitcoin and crypto. You know, a couple of thousand years ago, a really smart guy, the most subversive revolutionary guy you can imagine, had a good line, render under Caesar what is Caesar's. Bitcoin TM definitely belongs to Caesar. It's part of the game, but Bitcoin doesn't have to be. It can be part of the game still again and will change everything. So just well said, well worded, really hits home. Um, and I think that's the the piece is, 
or my question is, are we at the point where people just have to opt out of all of this quote unquote technology that makes our lives better? We have this unit of account, this medium of exchange, this store of value. You know, you can argue it's good at some, not at the others, but mm-hmm. that allows us to get back to that autonomy of mind, which we're missing. People are just following narratives, not doing yep. homework because it's easy. And so in a lot of sense, um, when you look at the principles and the laws and everything that governs Bitcoin, the economic network system, it very much relates to the biblical principles and laws and, and, and guides really does. that we have. So I'm not saying that's the answer and it was, it was put here in a religious sense, but if the problem is we're not thinking for ourselves and we have this tool, as long as we use the non-trademarked version, allows us get to get back to being productive. Is that fair or what would you add? It, to it, 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 it is fair. It, it is fair. I, I admire so much, and I wish I had a better word for it, but I don't. I admire so much the positive energy of, I'll call it the, the OG, the original gangster, you know, Bitcoin community, mm-hmm. because it is, a, it is a positive energy of entrepreneurialism, of self-reliance, of mm-hmm. autonomy, right, of a goal of making a better place for themselves and their families. Like I say, it's, 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 it's so smart and clever. I love all of that. So that it's, there's that positive energy that I just, I align myself with it so closely. And it's and rooted same, in a lot of the principles that started this country. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And I get so frustrated when I see a lot of these same people because they want that future mm-hmm. so much that they get sucked in yep. by the Wall Street stories. They get sucked in by number go up. They get sucked in by, I'm going to make a lot of money doing this. They shift and, from the idea of productivity to being an influencer. That's a big part of it, right? Yeah. Because being an influencer is the best way to talk your book. Make right, more, and to, to, more to make credit. more money. Yep. And and there's so many people out there in Wall Street. I call them raccoons. I hate raccoons. You know, they're they're the bane of my existence. Right, and because they're just thieves, but they're cute. Right, they've got a they've got a good raccoons have got a good PR man out there. Right? You can write you know, a children's they, book with them. Yeah, children's book with because they got the, you know the cute little mask and the cute yep. little hands and stuff like that, but. You know, if you live out like I do out on a farm, I mean, raccoons are your enemies, right? They're, they're, just, mm-hmm. they're just murdering thieves. And so I call these people in Wall Street raccoons who are, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're shysters, they're con men, they're telling you a story that works to their own benefit, their own company's benefit. And it fits within the stories that I really admire about Bitcoin, but it's a, it's a real perversion of them. So, you know, you hit the nail on the head. It's it, and, and I love the way you framed it as, you know, focusing on productivity 
and growth in the real world with the real people who mean the world to you, right? Your right. pack, I like to call them your pack. Maybe it's your mm-hmm. family, maybe it's your community, but it's your pack. It's people who treat you as an autonomous human being and demand that you treat them the same way, right? You're, you're not a means to an end. You're a, you're a real human being to them and them mm-hmm. to you. And that's who we've got to always keep watching out for. And I, and I think there is a role for at least the positive energy in crypto and likely it's some, some applications of crypto itself. But it's just, I, I just, you just see it all the time, the way Wall Street just they con- well, they sucks you in because they're, re- yeah. they're, they're really good at telling these stories. Yeah. They're really good. Like I say, it's, it's the smartest, most conniving people in the world come to finance. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, that's, it's very that's, much that's the challenge. To kind of put that conniving piece to it. So we have this great technology, robo-advisory mid 2000s yeah. post 2008 it was awesome now there's a lot of automation really there's some dude somewhere punching in keyboards right information is automatic but at some point it has to be entered so um i i do believe that would have done would have done a lot of great things for banking in general for the masses but the problem was guess who it penalized the most wall street the big banks because it took their fee revenue and either took it to zero or cut it in half overnight. So they stymied and confiscated it with bureaucratic policies and red tape. And, um, you know, I was really excited kind of post 15 where the nerds broke the barrier to wall street and, you know, give a guy some code. And he's like, I don't really care about your laws. Watch what this stuff will do. And Mm -hmm. so they sort of came back with, with Bitcoin and, and all along for, you know, as long as I've been in, involved i was kind of you know my concern is you can't beat the the evil sharks of wall street like at some point they're going to no, you can't thing and take it over and so kind of post 2020 you know everybody was applauding all the senators and congressmen and whoever else wanted to throw i'm a bitcoiner because they want to get reelected. Yeah. they didn't want right. you know they don't care about no the, the technology or, or no. the financialization aspect of it um so do you feel like at this juncture, you know, we're in that same confiscated moment? Do you think there's uh, you know, time for, for Bitcoin, the network, to survive as it was intended to in 2009 until it got too popular in 2020? Or do you have an opinion on that? I, you, you know, I think that the best thing that could happen from my point of view for Bitcoin would be for the price to crack and it to go below $20,000. And I've got that number in mind because that's the number where Michael Saylor and MicroStrategy mm-hmm. and that whole house of cards blows up. Uh, I, I think that, I think it's probably too far gone. Kane, you know, it's, 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 it's really hard to unring these bells. Like gold is never going to go back to what it used to mean. And it, it's not... I was going to say, you know, there, there are good parts. There's never good, good aspects of it never going back to the way it was. I mean, there are good aspects of GLD and, you know, how mm-hmm. easy it is and all like that. I just mean that something's lost. Yeah. And, and, and once it's lost, it's lost for good. And the challenge, I think, is to, to, to remember what, what was so positive there 
that that drew so many of us to it and try to 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 find that again. I think it's really hard to find that in anything to do with Wall Street, frankly. Mm-hmm. I think you've got to find it in other aspects of your community and what you do. Um, I think that I'll use another, you know, poker game or poker analogy, right? It's it's if you don't know who the sucker is at the table, you've been playing for 30 minutes, you know, you're the sucker, you know, it's right. you. Right? Exactly. So I, I, if you're going to play the Wall Street game, and frankly, for, for a lot of us, most of you know, we kind of got to, right? Because I, I, mean, I mean, in some regard, if you live on earth, you have to play by the rules. You, have to. you just have to decide how you, you, deeply. You have to. Yeah. How deeply. And, and that's right. That's right. How deeply. Right. You don't want to give your heart to it. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. You got to maintain a critical distance mm-hmm. between yourself and everything you hear from Wall Street, which is a flow business. You are a means to an end. You are a buyer of product. Yep. And my hope is there's still like the ATM in the regard that it is a base layer network like TCPIP. It can connect people around the world to transact yep. that couldn't transact in a way. You know, just the, the further away places that are further away from banks and um, generally speaking, third world countries, but gives them access to a monetary network that they didn't have. Um, I do think a lot of the luster is lost, just like it has been for gold over the last three decades. Um, you know, I think so, too. And, and the challenge is always to find. How can I own what is real? Yeah. And, and I've got a very kind of expansive view of what's real, of real property. I mean, it's not just real estate or just a, a thing. It's, it's you know, your own business. Experiences. Right? It, it's experiences, right? It's, it's, it's intellectual property, mm-hmm. right? Especially if it's, you know, got a cash flow with it, right? Right. It's, right. It's, it's, it's all of those things. But we've got to find a way to reconnect with the real. Yeah. As our investor. And, and and, and recognize that Wall Street is a casino. They've transformed Bitcoin into just another gaming table at the casino. They'll do that to everything ultimately. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to go to the casino, but don't give your heart to it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, maintain that critical distance and know you're playing a game. To be in the world, but not of the world. And that's uh, that truth. Of that piece. world. Yeah, that's that truth piece because... Um, I think as the older that we get and we go through life and we learn different things and we succeed and we fail and all those things, you learn that truth. And, you know, any reading of, of text tells you that truth is that thing in the center of your body, uh, is your heart. And when that truth speaks to the casino land, that's the path you choose. That's the path you go for some period of time or forever. Uh, and then if not, you know, the world might be a little difficult. You may have um, less monetary experiences than some yep. people. You may have more, but that truth is within all of us. If we kind of like, you know, listen. Sure to is. It. If we're if we're able to listen to it, it's a, the the old stories are in. You know, we're also hardwired for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're also hardwired for that. So one last thing, I appreciate the way that you look at at things, the way that you write. Um, some of it may come across as cynical or mm-hmm. sometimes snarky. I appreciate that because it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's kind of proclaiming the truth and then making fun of it at the same time that, that people don't. So how do you, um, 
what drives that or how do you view that? How do you stay in the signal finding those truths to, to be able to convey that message? So they're really good messages, uh, but you, it seems like you have an understanding at a much deeper level in a lot of different areas than, than the average person. Well, first of all, I don't want to, you know, put myself out there as being, because I, I got to tell you, I've, I have spent my whole lifetime, you know, immersed in these games and understanding narratives and, you know, how things are, the grammars of this and how things are structured. But it still hits me too. <laughs> I, I'm not immune to this stuff either. It's, yeah. it's, it's really two steps forward and one step back, even for someone like me who's spent up, you know, the last 35 years immersed in this stuff. So time immersed in it. So it's, if there's kind of one principle that, that, that serves me in such good stead though, yeah, as hard as it can be to do, but it's, but it's, but it's, I, I, I have to catch myself. Right. And, 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 and try to check myself ever whenever I'm reading something or listening to something is, you know, I, I call it critical distance, you know, not giving my heart to something, no matter how much my heart would kind of be excited about it. It's, it's to always ask, you know, why am I hearing this now? Mm-hmm. Why am I hearing this now? So I, I try to apply that lens to anything that I'm reading about what's happening currently and today. And then I try to marry that with reading, reminding myself of the old stories. Yep. Right? To, get, to get drowned out in, in all the, the constant 24-7 quote-unquote news and that, that, that's being blared at us. So it's, it's, it's finding the ability to shut that off and to Reimmerse yourself in the old stories for a little while. That's that rejuvenating and reconnecting your brain to that. And then for all the new stuff, always apply that 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 lens of why am I reading this now? Right? What's 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 the purpose behind the presentation of the story to me today? That's great advice. Um, just to break it down, so that pesky question: Why? And then pay attention to history, uh, because Absolutely. as we as we discussed, um, although Bitcoin is perceived to be new, there's really nothing new other than the words in the way that it creates and causes transactions to work. It's just not. It, 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 everything in finance is it's 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 you know old wine in a new bottle. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> That's what it is. It, if you think now is crazy, you can go back to the 30s and 40s, the last time right. we had a monetary transition and the exact Absolutely. same things. I mean, exact the, same the thing. Dates were different. The arguments were basically the same. And, and exactly the infrastructure right, that was broken is the same that's broken. And the new infrastructure is, is kind of underway as well. So, And the way out is going to be the same too. It's, it, yep. it is always comes back to finding your pack. And the, the 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 people you can trust and you trust you and look, I really do believe there's an up and to the right arrow to human history. It's so far, it hasn't. So far, it has not continued that way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's always yeah. that direction, yeah. regardless it, it, of what the right. Yeah, yeah, the the and and so we just got to find the people who share that vision, and we we keep on keeping on. Yeah. Well, perfect. Um, Thanks for joining, Ben. Uh, really, my pleasure. 
enjoyed the conversation, a lot of deep stuff, uh, a lot of good stuff that you have. So if listeners want to find you social media, the internet, um, we won't give them your home address, but uh, where can they? <laughs> so it's Epsilon Theory, which is a, a, a you know phrase from from finance, but it's that's the that's the tagline on on Twitter at Epsilon Theory. Uh, also, website, you know, we've got tons of free stuff to read and lots of articles, you know, thousands of notes. So um, Epsilon Theory. Wherever, wherever good words are sold. <laughs> <laughs> well, perfect. Thanks for joining, and I uh, really enjoyed it today. Thank you.